Rusty Quill presents. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Sometimes you'll hear a voice on the wind. Listen, it's your own voice calling to you, offering advice or a warning. Welcome back to Spirit Box Radio. Hello, faithful listeners. You've been extremely busy on the forums this week. Many of you have been musing over the copy of the sigil I uploaded after last week's segment. Sigils are essentially a way of harnessing your intent. Day to day, they're used as a way to focus energies and pinpoint exact desire or intention. There are infinite ways to create them. Several different common methods were outlined by users on the forums. Here's one explained by Loffel Bassett. First things first when I'm sigil making, I like to find a quiet space. Sometimes I'll light some candles, scented ones, should I have them to hand, and I'll often meditate for a few minutes beforehand to ready my mind to be open and clear. Then I'll sit down and write out the intention I want to focus on, on a piece of paper. I'll cross out the consonants, then on a fresh piece of paper I'll combine the remaining letters in a way that feels pleasing and right. Once I've settled on a design, 
I'll mark it out again one final time, muttering the intention as I do. Another method was outlined by Piers Rosman. I've always made sigils with a witch's wheel. Obviously, the way sigils look isn't important, really. It's the energy focused in them that matters, but I've always preferred the look of sigils created that way, and I find it easier to connect with them. A witch's wheel is a three-layered circle with the alphabet arranged inside of it. You connect the letters of the words of your intention, and the line work created is your sigil. Other users described creating sigils using runes, number charts, and entering trances. There doesn't seem to be a limit on the ways it can be done. There also doesn't seem to be a limit on what sigils can be for. The most common kind is the one I mentioned before about channeling intention, creating a physical connection to something you want or desire or wish to change. But that's not all they can be for. They can also be used to channel energy from other sources or funnel energy from you into something else. They can also connect two people or things, holding them together. What all of this means is that I probably won't be able to work out what Madame Marie's sigil was actually meant to do exactly beyond what I can guess from its effects and when those changed. I didn't have any magical abilities at all before Madame Marie died, at least not ones I noticed. I had that strong sense of prickling dread that would creep into my spine whenever I was about to make a mistake, but honestly, most of the time that would happen when I was about to go against what Madame Marie wanted, when I thought too hard about going into the basement studio or daydreamed about guesting on Spirit Box Radio or turned the broadcast on outside of her advice and community segment. So maybe it was less about mistakes and more about crossing the lines that Madame Marie had drawn, lines she didn't want me to cross. So it's possible what I was feeling in those moments was the power of the sigil itself. I've always drawn the white door, of course, and maybe that's a kind of premonition? Or it could just be the dregs of my past lingering at the bottom of the otherwise emptied mug of my memory. Same with my dreams of walking through the empty town, I suppose, though I still don't really understand those. The little radio Anna and Kitty got me, which I could only tune into Spirit Box Radio with. Maybe that was magic. Maybe that was a coincidence. So my assumption is that the sigil is meant to hold my power, that it did so by somehow binding M to me, I guess? I... In the impossible house, right after the seal on my throat was broken, I said that M was regent to my power, that she held it before I was born, so maybe whatever she did was intended to transfer it back to her, but it wasn't entirely successful. What I know, all I know really, is that what was in me, this thing that's back inside of me now, it was too much for the seal to hold, for Madame Marie to contain. It was impossible, I think. I don't know it, but I think that is why the house collapsed. Worst of all, I don't know what made M do it, whether it was out of fear or love or both, or neither. Whether she was acting freely or under duress of someone else, whether that someone else was the man in the flat cap. It could have been Scourge. All roads seem to lead there, to that question. What is Scourge? What is his place in all of this? What is their tie to the man in the flat cap? All I have to go on is that they're an elusive bastard, and that's worse than having nothing at all. Except, of course, Scourge did not stop Madame Marie from making this sigil. He didn't stop whatever was happening in the impossible house. He's, at worst, in league with the man in the flat cap, and at best indifferent to his plans, or maybe that's the other way round, actually. If Scourge is indifferent to whatever the man in the flat cap is doing, then perhaps he's something worse. Perhaps Scourge has their own plans, beyond the ones I've been trying so hard to figure out. There's no mention of him anywhere on the forums before he started just showing up and leaving messages on... The recording machine! 
Okay, it's plugged in. It's not working. Hmm. Hmm. What do I do? Um. Speak to me, recording machine. Nope. Um. Okay, so I've drawn a pentagram and drawing the points. I'll put the recording machine in the middle and see. Uh, speak to me, recording machine. No? Uh, right. Um, uh, think, think. Oh, oh, I, I could try um, Exitare Recordum Machina et Locaris Ad Me. Please. Sam, it's about time. <gasps> Recording machine. It's good to hear you like this. You too. So, you didn't wake me just to chat? No. I was wondering what you know about Scourge. Ominous phone guy? Very little. But they left you all those messages. Yes, but it's not like he spoke with me. People generally don't, not casually. Uh, sorry about that. Uh, well, you know how a couple of times you've been able to, um, well, not show me things exactly, but you've been able to repeat stuff that's happened when you were there? That's generally what recording machines do, yes. Well... Were there times where you were there and Scourge was there, which you haven't told me about? Hang on, let me think. You have one new message. It, can I play it? Yes, but you won't like it. Play it anyway, please. Fine. Suit yourself. Playing message. Tell me what you know. About what? The man in the flat cap's plan. That's why you keep showing up, isn't it? To watch over me, make sure I don't put a foot out of line. Foolish little Marie. My, my, what a pickle. The one who walks here and there does not send me to watch over silly mortals caught in his web. Here's his major arcana for that. So what, you're not a major arcana? You're asking if I'm like those insipid little creatures. Honestly, Marie, I'm insulted. No, no you're not. You don't get insulted. You don't have the capacity. Interesting assertion, Marie. <laughs> you're not a major arcana? <laughs> They're barely more than mortals. Can't you see, when you look at me, I'm not even... He's gone. He's just... He's just gone. What? Where... Hang... Wait, hang on. Uh... Hmm. Wait. Wait, wait, wait. That thing's not a major arcana, but they said something is watching over me. One of them is. And... And wait, no, no, the gardener, the gardener, of course, the gardener, he's looked the same 
Ever since I was a kid, he's looked the same. Mr. Berlin. He's one of them. End of message. Mr. Berlin? That's Oliver. Oliver was sent to watch Madame Marie. I should... No. No, I won't call him. If he's not told me already, it's probably a taboo, and I don't exactly know how those things work, but... He always looks like it hurts when he tries to talk about them. I won't make him do that. I can't. So what I know is he was sent to watch Madame Marie. That's how he knew her. But she said it was when she was a kid, so that's before she made her deal. Long before. What interest would the man in the flat cap have in her, just some kid who couldn't even do arcanism, by all accounts, even though she studied it really hard? I suppose I couldn't do it either, not before I... No, I could, I just couldn't remember, and Madame Marie bound my power up, so maybe Madame Marie could too, and someone hid her power, maybe her grandmother, and then when she... No, wait, no. That doesn't make sense either. She made a deal, that's how I happened. I am the gift and the price, whatever that means. And she could only do arcanism after the deal. And then she couldn't anymore again. Maybe it's just about the power. Maybe that's all it was. She wanted it back. For herself. Why? Did she want to be the heir apparent? Did she want this? I don't know enough about her or the man in the flat cap or his deals or arcanism. But if the man in the flat cap needs Major Arcana to do his dirty work, he can't be everywhere all of the time. And if that's beneath Scourge, the idea of watching over Madame Marie is grunt work of some kind, then Scourge isn't omnipresent either, whatever they may say otherwise. Which means there are limits to both of their powers. Which rules out... What? Godhood? Not necessarily. I'm sorry? Not all gods are omnipresent and all-knowing. So you think he's a god? I wouldn't go that far. I'm just saying you can't rule it out. Right. Spectacularly unhelpful, thanks. You're welcome. I'll remember your kind words next time you set me on fire with a seance and leave me burning and don't bother waking me for however long it's been. I didn't do that on purpose, alright? I'm sorry. I mean it. I know. You're never letting this go, are you? You nearly let me burn. I didn't let you do anything. Look at the damage to my plastic shell and say that again. I'm sorry. Apology accepted. But I will continue to remind you of this. It was the most interesting thing that's happened to me in years. Make up your mind. I thought you were angry about it. No. Not really. But I'm not letting it go. <sighs> Fine. Look, what do you know about all... this... I'm afraid you'll have to be more specific. If you're pondering the meaning of life, I'm only going to disappoint you. I mean, Spirit Box Radio, the man in the flat cap, Madame Marie's deal. I know I limited amount. Can you share this limited amount you know? Madame Marie was a terrible custodian of an arcane recording machine. I think I existed at the time of the forums, perhaps a little before. The calls into the show, they come through me. I don't know why I exist, but I wish I didn't. Whatever I am, I know I was not made. I know I occurred. An accident of arcane energy. You're an artifact of the arcane. Like the impossible house. Yes, I suppose. Though I think I've got a little more sentience than that. And I've also never eaten anyone. Not yet, anyway. I don't know what to say to that, really. Most people would probably try to talk me out of eating people. Is there any point? 
I'm flattered. No, I mean, you don't have a mouth. How would you eat anyone? The Impossible House ate people and it didn't have a mouth either. No, but it did have a door. Anyway, this isn't important. So, as an arcane recording machine, you don't just take messages the way normal recording machines do, right? Sure. Okay, right. Okay, so, um... Prophecies. They're kind of messages, right? Yes. So can you record them? If someone called and left them on the machine. But the calls don't have to be real calls, do they? They can be arcane calls. I see what you're getting at. Great. So you know what I'm going to do now, right? Yes. You need to hear the prophecies about me. You have 1,289 messages. That's, uh, slightly less helpful than I thought it would be. Um... Can you... Can you send them to the forums? They might be able to help with this. Sure. Anyone listening who has access to the forums, can you tell me if there's a good way to sort through these? There's so many of them. I just... Ugh, it's... I don't know. Understandable. Did you ever go to school? No, I don't think I did. Gods. I'd have thought, you know, about prophecies. But I can't remember what it was. You want to be careful with those. What? Thoughts. My existence has been infinitely worse since I started having them. <sighs> I'm getting pretty sick of having thoughts myself, to be honest. The thing with Oliver... I... Things are... changing between us. I, I don't know. It's hard to explain. I... The other morning, I woke up and there he was, sleeping there, with Revel tucked up against the small of his back. He looked so beautiful, so peaceful. Their curtains were open. I suppose we never closed them the night before. The dawn light was coppery gold and the colours of his tattoos were singing in it. His hair was over his face and I... I can't explain it. I just sat there, looking at him, and it was like the sight of him completely engulfed me. And it was the whole world lying there next to me, not just a man. I wanted to touch him, to reach out and brush his hair from his face, to kiss his nose and watch his bright green eyes flutter open, but... I, I couldn't. I was frozen there, and I, I knew. I just knew. I knew that if I woke him, I would do whatever he asked, and I couldn't wake him because some part of me was sure, for some reason, that what he asked of me would be terrifying. I'd have done it anyway. So I just lay down and watched him sleep, trying to match my breaths to his. And as I did, I thought... I thought about how much of him I know. 
How much of him is familiar? Every inch of his skin, every scar, every inked in room, sigil and flower. I know how he takes his coffee and I know his favourite food. I know what songs he can't stop himself from tapping his foot along to. I know the way he sighs when he's annoyed and the way he laughs when I catch him off guard. That's him. My Oliver. The person I know. But... But I don't really know anything. I don't know where he was born or what he did before he was a major arcana, and after that point, well... There's so much he can't say or that seems to hurt him when I ask him to say, and I... God. I don't know. I was lying there, looking at him, thinking, who in the hell is this person I'm falling in? I remembered I didn't really know him at all. Not really. He knows everything about me. He might know more about me than I do, and... Sometimes he cries, you know, in his sleep. I don't know what he dreams of that makes him so afraid, but I don't think there's an end to what I do to make it stop, and I... It scares the hell out of me. I'm going to wrap it up here for the night. Thank you again for those of you who've helped with researching this sigil, and thank you all for tuning in tonight. Good night, faithful listeners. Spirit Box Radio is a podcast created by Pippin Aira Major, distributed by Hanging Saw Studios under a Creative Commons non-commercial share-alike 4.0 international licence. This episode starred Pippin Aira Major as Sam, Eleanor Wood as Madame Marie, Billy Bray as Scourge, and the recording machine as itself. Find more at hangingsawstudios.com and consider supporting the show on patreon.com forward slash hangingsawstudios for access to new episodes and shiny bonus content. Spirit Box Radio is recorded in front of a dead studio audience. Tune in. Get spooky.